to the Refuge Podcast from Trinity United Methodist Church in Ruston, Louisiana. Our prayer is that God uses this time to speak specifically to you, regardless of where you are on your faith journey. We'd like to also invite you to worship with us every Sunday morning at 1045, either in person or online at www.trinityruston.org. Thanks for listening. Our lesson this morning comes from the second chapter of Luke's Gospel, starting in the eighth verse. In that region, there were shepherds living in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. The angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all people. For to you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us go now into Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in a manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the angels told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So we spent 10 years in Natchitoches, Louisiana, the center of the Christmas festival, the city of lights, and it was glorious. I just loved it when they start decorating at the end of September, and I got upset when they finally started taking it down by the middle of March, and I learned during the month of December, don't go any place and be in a hurry, because there are people who come from to Natchitoches to see the lights. Look, Ethel, a Christmas light. And they're driving 12 miles an hour. And I'm behind them in a hurry. And you're not allowed to blow your horn in Natchitoches. They will find you and hunt you down and give you a ticket for blowing your horn at our guests. But behind the tableau on the Cane River, There's Williams Boulevard. And behind Williams Boulevard is Sonny Evans Field. And Sonny Evans always puts up a creche, a manger, with a big 300-watt mogul bottom bulb. So his light is always shining above the pristine decorations on the Cane River. You can go see it. Well... The Methodists decided we should do a living nativity on Christmas festival weekend, Sunday night, at Sonny Evans' house in his field behind the tableau on the river. 
So the Methodists go, oh boy, a party. And it was determined that there would be wassail. And Tamara made the wassail. She made two recipes of wassail. And I love wassail. It's rich in sugar and sugar and more sugar. It was decided that we would have a living nativity. And the person or persons who were the parent of the youngest kid would be Mary and Joseph. And their kid would be baby Jesus. And we found wise people. Because you can't have wise men anymore. So we had wise people. And there were shepherds. And children's choir. And the Methodist men decided, ah, it's a public gathering, we'll cook. And they pulled out the Methodist men's recipes. Hot dogs and hamburgers. The original hot dogs and hamburgers were cooked in the 1930s. These were heated up. And we're all ready to go. And it's going to be great. And somebody says, preacher. Yes. I know a guy. By the way, if you come to me now and you say, preacher, I know this guy, I will run the other way. Preacher, I know this guy's got a trailer and he's got live animals. We can have a living nativity with live animals. Oh, did you know a llama really looks like a camel? Yes, it does. If you tell them it's a one humper, they'll believe you. Did you know that sheep really look like sheep? You don't have to dress them up. And a donkey really looks like a donkey. You thought I was going to use the other word, didn't you? And goats. Oh, we had goats. We're not sure they were in there, but we had a man. And it was, there were people everywhere. And Tamara would give out the wassail and we would have it in the Methodist coffee cup that has zero insulation so you burn your hand. And we would get their names and addresses and we would shunt them toward the children's choir who were singing angelic verses in in their voices. And then we would take them and let them see the live nativity with Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus and the wise people and shepherds and the real animals and the real animals stole the show. And I was walking around doing all this going, please, Lord, please, Lord, please, Lord, don't let anybody get behind that donkey because somebody going to get kicked. And it was great. And I was behind this little tyke. He was about this high. I could tell he was a troublemaker. And he grabbed his mama's coat and he was tugging on, Mama, Mama, where's Santa Claus? Oh, Methodist theology fails again. Bubba, Santa's across the river in Santa's village. Go stand in line. We don't have him. Well, the Methodist men ran out of hamburgers and hot dogs. Tamara ran out of wassail. The children's choir ran out of jingle bells because you can only sing jingle bells so many times. Baby Jesus had fallen asleep several times and was now grumpy. Mary and Joseph retired. The wise people are ready to go home and the shepherds want to go. And the guy with the trailer says, I'll get my animals. The llama goes in just like the llama had read the script. Great llama. Donkey goes in just fine. Sheep 
go in just fine. The goat got away. Two of the goats got away. They're running down Williams Boulevard and St. Maurice and they're not going to get run over because the people are driving really slow. Hey, Ethel, look, a light. It's amazing. But the guy who owned the animals and owned the trailer had not gotten the Methodist memo about language usage. Because he's calling that goat something at the top of his voice. And I'm thinking, there went Christmas. It was total pandemonium. It was chaos. It was disruption. Disruption. You had any disruption this year? Just a little bit? I can tell you how all this got started. A bunch of preachers on the first or second Sunday of January of 2020 decided, I'm going to preach a sermon on vision, the vision of the church. I'm going to talk about the church having 2020 vision for the things of God. Yes, I am. I even pulled out who Johnny Nash I can see clearly now. Yes, I'm to blame. It's the preacher's fault that all this started. How's 2020 in your vision worked out? Is your life disrupted? It is hilarious around the church office when there's a rumor that John Bell is going to send us back to phase one. The question is not are they going to close the church or are they going to close the schools. They cannot close the schools. What are you children doing to your parents at home? They are afraid of you. You got them now where you want them. Use it. Restaurants we know are closing down. Businesses we know are closing down. Some of you are, are worried about your own job and your own well-being. There is this disruption in our society. And now the Fauci is pointing his crooked, bony, 80-year-old finger at us, threatening us. Do not have good cheer. And if you do it, if you let your family in, you better stay six feet apart or I'll come get you. I'm tired of it. I'm just, my life is disrupted. I thought about Christmas. I can't have my usual Christmas. I can't go on Christmas Eve and sit in the mall and watch men panic because that's what men do on Christmas Eve. You see all these men who have not Christmas shopped for their wives and or girlfriends, and they're running around the mall looking for something to watch, and invariably they go in Zales or K Jewelers. And they come out with jewelry. She's going to like jewelry. No, she's not really. She's going to know you didn't think about it until the last minute. If you really want to impress her, buy KitchenAid products. It's been weird around the church. You know, church services in December just get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. We're not doing that because people are uncomfortable being around crowds. Our life is disrupted. So how do you respond to disruption? There are two basic ways human beings respond when their life gets disrupted. They get anxious. They worry or they become afraid, which is just anxiety with a hormone condition thrown in. And there's really not an antidote 
to disruption, what you have to do as a human being is develop resilience. Or in the state of Alabama, we all quote Nick Saban and call it resiliency. I actually had to look that up to make sure it really is a word, and it really is a word. You develop resilience. You develop tenacity. You develop toughness. You develop resilience by developing rituals. I'm actually going to tell you your habits are good things. Your habits keep you anchored anchored to life. Your habits keep you anchored to reality. Your habits sometimes give your life meaning. And when you want to develop resilience, you lean on ritual. The children of Israel had left Egypt. Moses led them out. God got them through the Red Sea. They're wandering around the desert land. And they start complaining to Moses, oh, it'd been better if we just stayed in Egypt because at least we had a ritual. We got up in the morning, we baked the bricks, we put the bricks into place to dry, we stacked the bricks, we ate, we went home, we went to bed. There was ritual in our lives, Moses, and you've taken the ritual away from us. It's not good. We need to go back to Egypt. And God said, wait a minute, let me give you a ritual. We're going to have manna in the morning and quail in the evening. The Hebrew word manna actually is translated, what that? Manha, what's that? So you had, you know, honey buns in the morning, quail in the evening. Honey in the morning, quail in the evening. And then God takes them to Mount Sinai and gives them a written ritual called the Ten Commandments and says, okay, you need ritual. Here are the rituals I'm giving you. These are the ways I want you to live. And as long as you live these, in these ways, I will bless you and you will discover and experience life. You will learn how to thrive if you live in this God-given ritual. They go into the promised land and Joshua reminds them of the ritual as they settle the promised land. They keep falling away, and the judges rise up and remind them of the rituals. The prophets remind them, God gave you these 10 rituals, live them out. Even Jesus said, if your life gets anxious, if you're worried, if you're fearful, there are certain things you need to do, live them out. So in the midst of disruption, if you will discover the power of ritual in your life, you will develop resilience. You will learn how to continue to function and even thrive in the midst of disruption. And then along came the angels. Luke, the first two chapters, has three angelic visits. And I want to suggest to you that we might not be able to completely trust angels. They seem to have a hidden agenda. The first angel, Gabriel, appears to Zechariah. Zechariah is in the temple. This is, this is going to be, this is going to be cool because I have three of these. So this is the first one. Zechariah is in the temple in Jerusalem. You can't get any more Jewish than the temple in Jerusalem. Okay? That's like the upper room in Nashville, Tennessee. You can't get any more Methodist than the upper room in Nashville, Tennessee. Zechariah, temple, Jerusalem. The angel appeared to him standing on the right side of the altar incense and Zechariah saw him and he was terrified and fear overwhelmed him. 
And the angel said to Zechariah, don't be afraid. I'm bringing you really good news, Zechariah. Look, you've been praying and you are an old dude and your wife is an old barren dudette. You are both old. You got no business having children, but God has heard your prayer and guess what? You're gonna be parents. And for some of you about my age, you're going, that would not be good news. See, the really good news about being a grandparent is I can hype them up on sugar. I can give them candy. Uh, point at me. I can give them candy. I can give them red Kool-Aid. And I can give them back to you. But when you're the parent, you can't give them back. They're yours. So, Zechariah and Elizabeth ought to be going to the Social Security office to sign up but they're out picking out wallpaper for the nursery. It's not good news. Their life is about to be turned upside down. They're about to have disruption in diapers. Can you imagine being an old person and have to get up for the two o'clock feeding? Good news is I wouldn't hear the baby monitor go off. Hey, is that the baby? The angel's not being truthful. Don't be afraid, but Bubba, your life is about to turn upside down. And indeed, the child born to Zechariah and Elizabeth, John the baptizer, would turn official Judaism upside down. It says all of Jerusalem comes out to hear him preach and to be baptized. Gabriel had so much fun with that announcement, he decided he would go to a smaller town called Bethlehem. To a girl, and Mary is 12 or 13. And y'all don't buy the, the traditional thing of Joseph. He's not necessarily an old guy. He's probably 15 or 16, okay? They're basically the same age. And the angel says to Mary, do not be afraid. For behold, I'm bringing you good news of a great joy for all people. For unto you is coming this kid, Jesus. And Mary said, I have a question. I'm engaged. We have not been on the honeymoon How's this supposed to happen? And Gabriel said, I'm glad you asked. The Holy Spirit's going to overshadow you and you're going to bring forth a son. This is such good news. Can you imagine Mary telling Joseph, hey, Joe, guess what? We're going to have a baby. And guess what? It's the Holy Spirit. And Mary, we want to say to her, girl, your life is about to be turned upside down. Yes, you're going to have a baby. He's going to be great. He's going to be called the son of the most high God. But you're going to watch as the natives in this town try to push him off a cliff. You're going to watch as he dies on a Roman cross by himself. You're going to weep as he weeps as your heart is broken because your baby boy is dying. Your life is going to get disrupted. And then Gabriel has the nerve to go to the angels, to the to shepherds, the shepherds. 
He's gone from Jerusalem to Bethlehem, and now he's gone to the shepherds. And the text tells us the shepherds don't even have a house address. They live in the fields. There is nothing lower than a night shift shepherd. And I dare you to say that 10 times really quick. Night shift shepherds who live in the fields. They have no social standing. They're not to be believed. They deceive people. They steal each other's sheep. They drink. After all, they're watching sheep sleep. Their lives are about to be turned upside down and disrupted because God has announced to them, to the nobodies, to the ones that don't count, you're loved. You cannot meet Jesus Christ and have your life remain the same. You cannot be a Christ follower and be the same person tomorrow that you are today. When you allow Jesus Christ to be the Lord of your life, when you follow Jesus, he will disrupt your life and that's the point. We learn to trust him in faith. And that little manger, Bethlehem's little manger that the shepherds are told about, that little manger is still disrupting lives 2,000 years later. Here we are, Trinity United Methodist Church, Ruston, Louisiana, decorated to the, the, the nines, singing Christmas carols, getting ready for Holy Communion. No, we're not going to do Holy Communion on Christmas Eve. Bad, Doug, bad, Doug. Getting ready for candlelight service on Christmas Eve. Because why? Because Christ has disrupted our lives. Yes, you handle disruption by developing resilience, and you do that through ritual. You also do that through a relationship. A relationship to this one named Jesus. The one that Isaiah described this way. But there will be no gloom for those who were in anguish. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in the land of deep darkness, on them a light has shined. For a child has been born to us, a son given to us, authority rests on his shoulders, and his name is called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Brothers and sisters, that is the babe of Bethlehem, Jesus. God, our Father, we thank you that you have disrupted our lives. That you, in the name of and through the person of your son, Jesus, have given us hope, forgiveness, eternal life, and tomorrow. And in the midst of our disrupted world, we turn to him and we trust him. Help us to follow. We pray in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Refuge Podcast. To find out more about The Refuge and Trinity, visit us online at www.trinityruston.org.